Welcome to a special message from the Hollyview Church Retreat. We gather every Sunday morning at 10.30 as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now here's the final message from the weekend. It's session three, Pentecost, with Pastor Joel Woodard. Now we've been reading uh, from the book of Acts, uh, and I'm going to uh, read several passages this morning. I, I do have them on the PowerPoint, so we can, uh, those, those scriptures up there, uh, and it might be a bunch of jumping around, but I'm going to try and summarize a lot of it um, as well. Um, Acts 2, uh, starting in verse 40. Uh, and this is, the, this is Pentecost. This is the day of, of Pentecost. And, and with many other words, he bore witnesses and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and prayer, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the, proce- uh, the proceeds to all as, they, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in the homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So that's like the first, that's like the first like signs of the church. And it's with like lots of power. Uh, as they're coming together, they have all things in common. They know they belong. They don't walk in going, where do I fit in? They know they belong. They, have, like, they know they're cared for. They, they know they're, they're on mission together. It's just beautiful. Uh, and, and probably since that time up until now, we've been wrestling with how do we do this as a church? How do we not hurt people? How, how do we not divide and break up? How do we not put our traditions above what God says? All this whole tension of how to do it. Well, the answer to how we do that, how we live as a worshiping community of Jesus followers, uh, rests in the meaning of this day, Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost, does anyone know what that means? Pentecost? 50... And, and why do we celebrate Pentecost? And when I grew up, it would be because it, it's the day the Holy Spirit came down. And I want to tell you, that's only half of the story. Uh, what I want to do this morning is I want to tell you two stories from the Old Testament that completely align with two uh, events that happened in the New Testament. And I'm even going to put them up here so we can visually see them. I want to walk through because we've linked two of them together that we know very easily. But the, the, but the up next two, we don't really know how that works very well. And so I want, to, I want to tell you two stories, and you might be very familiar with them. But then we're going to link them to two events in the New Testament. And we'll see, uh, then hopefully you'll see the power uh, of the day of Pentecost uh, in that. The first story I want to tell you, uh, everyone probably, probably knows it. Um, but it is the day of Passover, the day of Passover. 
Um, the Israelites were, uh, is, this, is this beeping for everyone else or just in my ear? Really? You don't hear the I don't know what I do wrong. I know. I don't have the Garth connection that Eric does. Okay. Is that better? Okay. So at the beginning, I was not moving because I didn't want to crack it. And now it's still kind of, I don't know. I'm awkward. <laughs> I can never be a country singer. Okay. Anyway, if that doesn't bother you, I'm just going to get into it. So uh, the Israelites, through Abraham, they have these sons. They, they're growing in number. Uh, there's a famine. They go down to Egypt. Do you remember this story? They're down in Egypt. They're given this land to live in. They they're growing and multiplying. It's like two million of them down there, but they're all treated as slaves. It's really hard, and so they cry out to the Lord, we, we want salvation, and God sends this man named Moses as a rescuer, a redeemer for the people to bring them out of slavery and into freedom, to make them a people uh, for his own. Well, ten plagues, he sends them ten plagues, and they go through. The tenth plague is the worst plague. It's the death of the firstborn son. Now, some of the plagues have been brought on both Israelites and the Egyptians. Some of them have just been brought on the Egyptians. But this last, this tenth one, there's something that God asked them to do. Two million people with no email, no texting, no none of that. He tells, he gives them these exact instructions of if you want to see your firstborn son uh, saved, if you want to see him live, you need to follow these exact instructions. But if it was my firstborn son, I would want to know. Tell me those again. Okay, let me write these down. Okay, I have to follow these exactly. And then share them with your neighbor and bring them all in. So it was like the first like viral uh, message news that's going out. Because, hey, there's an angel of death coming that's going to kill your firstborn son. So what you need to do is you need to take a lamb, your most precious lamb. Now remember, these are slaves. So take the thing that you love. Take the thing that really means a lot, that you may not have a lot of, and I want you to take that and I want you to kill it and I want you to have like a feast because I want you to eat the whole thing that night. Can you imagine as a slave, like, a, a, you want us to just feast? Yeah, because the future is, is looking good. I'm bringing you from slavery to freedom. But in order to do that, you need to kill that lamb. Don't boil it. I want you to sacrifice it. And I want you to spread the blood over the doorpost. Do you remember, do you remember this story, right? So... So the people that do that, that spread the blood over, the angel of death passes over those houses and they're saved. Finally, Pharaoh goes, okay, get out of here. I want you to just, I want you to leave. And so they are on their way out, receiving all this gold from the Egyptians as they're walking out of slavery in Egypt. But the Lord takes them like south, uh, east, and they end up towards this, this sea, right? Uh, but they're, they're free, on that day, they're free. And so the Lord even gives them instructions. On that day, this is, going to be the first, this is going to be the first month of the year for you. We're going to set your whole calendar because of this day. And the day that they were released, I'm even going to tell you which day it is. It's the 14th day of uh, Nisan, the first month of the year. So it would be like January 14th for us. But it's not January 14th. It's like the 4th of July for them. You, th- you got it? It's, the fourth, it's their 4th of July. So when you hear 4th of July, you think, independence, fireworks, we're free. We're no longer under Britain's tyranny. We're all this. That's the 14th day of the first month for them. Nissan 14. Like, Independence Day. We're free. But as they go out, they don't know who they are as a people. God sends them through the Red Sea. 
they're brought through that, like they're kind of baptized into Moses, and then they go into uh, the wilderness, they're saved, they've been washed with the water, and then they get to uh, the mountain, Mount Sinai. And, and it's there that they get to on the first day of the third month. So you have uh, 16 days from the first month, the 30 days, and then you have 30 days for the second month. How many days is that? 16 plus 30 is... 46, they get to the mountain and God says, talks to Moses on the mountain, says, I want you to prepare the people, I want you to sanctify them because on the third day I'm going to meet with them. So add three to 46, what's that? 49, and on the 49th day, God appears on this mountain like in fire and lightning and things are shaking. And on the 49th day, he speaks to them the law. So if you want to look, let's look in Exodus uh, chapter 20. And I just want to read some of this to you. Exodus 20. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. I brought you out. I have rescued you. I have redeemed you. I have saved you. 49 days later, they get to Mount Sinai, and here the Lord is speaking to them about, now this is what I want you to be like. This isn't what saves you. This is what identifies you as a people. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of your fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold you guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughters, your male servants or your female servants or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male servants or his female servants or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Here's what kind of people you're to be. You're to be a wholehearted, generous, loving, honest, people of integrity and generosity and like amazing group of people. This is who I've made you to be. It's, it's a bit like the Passover is our 4th of July, and then when they get to Mount Sinai, it's kind of like our signing of the Constitution, or the Declaration, not the Declaration, it's the Constitution and Bill of Rights, and here's what we're going to be as a people. They get to Mount Sinai, and God gives, God gives them all this on the 49th day, and then uh, from there, the next day, they're to celebrate. 
We're a people. We know what we're supposed to do. Isn't this amazing? Our God's amazing that he would set it up like this, that we could be a people like this. This is awesome. And so on the 50th day, we're to celebrate the giving of the law. 50th day, celebrate the giving of the law. And somebody said, what's the, what's the term Pentecost mean? Penta means 50. So Pentecost is a celebration of the giving of the law, who we are as a people. But if you've read the story of Exodus, how does that story go? Not good. He gives them this. People are like, ah, oh, we don't want to listen to you. Just tell them to Moses and let us know. Uh, and then Moses goes up on the mountain and is receiving these laws. Meanwhile, down below, they're already disobeying the first two commandments. They're building this golden calf. And Moses sees it and goes down. Lord's like, oh, these guys, have they've already broken the community that I've set up, the kind of people that I want them to be. And so he tells the Levites, which is interesting, strap on your swords, go through your neighbors and your friends, and I want you to slay down those who are disobedient. And you know what it says? As the Levites went throughout their uh, bringing this judgment for the disobedience of the law, and it says, and about 3,000 men fell that day. When the law came, death came because we couldn't do it. But if we could just live all of that, we would be a community that would be, I mean, who, would, who wouldn't want to be it? I mean, it would be like the early church and people just flocking to it because they see the generosity and honesty and integrity and, I mean, just this power that's there. So, so we have the Passover, and then 50 days later we have the celebration of the giving of the law, which, which then turns into a celebration of uh, first fruits. So if you heard that, the celebration of first fruits, uh, they, they give this celebration of first fruits to people that are wandering in the desert for 40 years. That's so get this, uh, your first, the first fruits that you receive, these grains that you have, I want you to give them to the Lord, you're going to have a celebration for that. And then they wander in the desert for 40 years going, why do we have this celebration of first fruits? Uh, it's also called the Feast of Weeks, because a week is seven days, and so it was a week of weeks. A week of sevens, or sevens, sevens, 40, 49. But it was the 50th day that you were to celebrate. Uh, so we get Passover lamb, the Exodus. They're saved, they're through the water, they get to the mountain where they're, this is who you are as a, a people, but they have failed it over and over, and the covenant is, they need a new covenant. It's just not, it's not working. Um, so we get to the New Testament, and there are, two, there are two events that happen that are overlaid with the two stories that we've just said, seen in the, in the Old Testament. I mean, exactly overlaid. Uh, you know the, the first one. So rather than, um, rather than a lamb at Passover, we have Jesus come after three years with his disciples. And he comes, and you know what time of year it is? Passover. And the meal that he does before uh, he is crucified, he sits down and has a Passover meal with them to explain, this is why I've come. So Jesus gives them the story of Passover to explain his death. His blood, his life would be covered over us if you come underneath this salvation in him. He's saying, uh, I'm exactly lining that up. Right? Passover, we understand the crucifixion of Jesus. John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. This one we got pretty well, right? 
Um, and Jesus is wandering, not wandering, he's around with his disciples, he's fishing, he's having a good time for 40 days. He's, he's with them for 40 days. After, he, after, he's risen from, after he's risen from the dead, he goes to his disciples and he teaches them and has meals with them and walks with them uh, for 40 days. But then he says... Uh, I got to go away because there's there's this one person coming, uh, the Holy Spirit. And when I go away, the Holy Spirit will come. He leaves after 40 days, but there's no Holy Spirit, right? They have to wait like a whole other week. And, but he gives them instructions uh, on what to do. He's like, "Hey, I'm leaving. I'm ascending. Uh, but here's here's what I want you to do." In Luke 24, the end of the end of Luke, he's meeting uh, with his disciples after the the resurrection, um, and Luke twenty four forty four. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, the whole, this whole uh, Hebrew Bible, the whole story, everything written about me must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in the name of all the, to, to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of all these things. And behold, I am sending you the promise of my Father upon you. So I'm sending you the, the Spirit. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. They're to stay in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a high mountain. Uh, spiritually, it's the highest of all mountains. I want, I'm leaving. Stay right here on this mountain for another week because the Spirit's going to come then, uh, come at that point. And you think, now why did the Spirit wait? Did he get lost? No, he didn't get lost. Uh, was he like busy doing other stuff? No, was he like, is it a long trip? This is going to take me a while. But yet, the disciples are sitting around waiting for the 50th day. So when the 50th day came, they're on a mountain, and all of a sudden, these like things of fire come down. You get it? They're, they're, the, the day of Pentecost has been taking place for 1,500 years before this. It's the celebration of the first fruits, the celebration of the giving of the law, the celebration of this identity as a, as a people. Who are we to be as a, as a people uh, for God? So, then we get to Acts. Um, oops, sorry. Then we get to Acts um, 2, just before that in the chapter. If you have your... Does anyone have Bibles? That's fine if you don't. Acts 2, and read this, read this uh, or listen to this carefully again. 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived. So what's the day of Pentecost? It's the giving of the law. It's the first fruits. It's the long-awaited thing. that These are the kind of people we want to be. When that day came, that we've failed over and over and over again. When that day came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, 
there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. On that same mountain that they celebrated so long ago, and they said, I want to make you a kingdom of priests. Come up, meet with me, and go out to the world and tell them and show them what kind of people God's people and nation are. Go out and do this. And they failed. They were rescued through the water to the mountain to be a people, and they failed. And so God says, I'm going to make you a new covenant, a new exodus. The Lamb of God comes. There's a new exodus coming, a new salvation coming through Jesus. We get through there, and we wait till the 50th. I mean, it has to be the 50th day. We're waiting for the 50th day, because where the law came, there was death. But when the Spirit comes, you know it says? And about 3,000 people were added to their number that day. Where the Spirit comes, there comes life. Where the law comes, there comes death. And it's only through the Passover, our Passover lamb that we're saved, We're saved to be a people for God's own glory. So if we want to be a a people, Hollyview, of uh, generosity and kindness and love and grace and truth and mercy, if we want to be all those things, we, we have to live as this Pentecost day is true for us because we can't do it on our own. We, when I, uh, growing up in a Baptist church, we had our Trinity, the uh, Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures. You heard that? But the Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if we want to see it be a church that, that lives with power, as God intends us to be, we have to be people of the Spirit, to be listening and walking in the Spirit. Uh, on that mountain, there was fire and thunder and wind and shaking. On this mountain, there was, there was fire, which represents God's presence. And there was fire in, in the form of like these tongues. So it's God's presence represented on, on our witness and our speaking. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just Hebrew like, or Aramaic. Like, it wasn't just for them. It was tongues for everyone. It, it was this mission that God gave the church. I want to be my witnesses through everywhere, through Boring and Gresham and Sandy and Happy Valley. I want, you, I want you to be witnesses everywhere for me by the power of the Holy Spirit. That makes Pentecost pretty cool, huh? I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Um, there, I want to read one more verse from Hebrews 12. Uh, the writer of Hebrews, I love the book of Hebrews because what Hebrews does so much is it compares this with, with this. Now, um, so this is the, as the writer of Hebrews is looking back on these stories and comparing Hebrew Bible, Old Testament with New Testament. He says this, For you have not come to what may be touched, we may, to what may be touched, a blazing of fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made, people, uh, made the hearers beg that no further message be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I trembled with fear. So this is, you, this is, this isn't, you can't do it on your own. You cannot be a people of God on your own. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God and the heavenly Jerusalem and to innumerable angels in festal gathering. 
and to the assembly, the congregation, the church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of, of Abel. Uh, you haven't come to this mountain to do it on your own. You've come to this mountain, the Spirit born in you alive. Uh, you know, I think um, when I was a kid in middle school, we went to, and before that, I went to a church called Grand Avenue Baptist Church in Fairborn, Ohio. It was a small little Baptist church that shaped who I am. Uh, Randy Tate was the pastor, and his wife was Janet, and they have two boys and a girl that we played baseball with after service in the field uh, next door. I remember uh, going over to their house. I remember Randy, the pastor, uh, speaking with my dad and encouraging my dad. I remember the Paulings, who had three boys, the same age as us three boys, Greg, Eric, and Andy, all the same age. We went over to their house every, almost, it feels like every day after church on Sunday. They had a big field, and we had just a ton of fun. They gave us a lot of things and, and helped shape us. Uh, the Farrens, who I've talked about before, the Farrens impact our marriage because they're an older couple that invited us over to their house. Uh, and we were four kids in their house, and the Farrens would always kiss after they prayed for meals. Uh, and I don't know if, you are, if you've seen Amy and I do that. We've done that since. But that's from the Farrens. Like, when I was a little kid in church, the, the Farrens, Greg Durker was my youth pastor. Greg Durker loved soccer and took us on a boat for the first time. Uh, Ed Bellman was a kid in youth group that was a little bit awkward and weird. Uh, there was uh, Denise Proudfoot and her family. She was a couple years older than me, and uh, she was like in high school group, and I was in junior high, and I thought, wow, she was really cool. Uh, those, this is like, I don't know how many years later, those people shaped me because those people had the Spirit in them and lived like a community of Jesus followers together did life together, encouraged each other, uh, prayed together, we studied God's Word together. And, and that kind of community that's power, empowered by the Spirit is a powerful thing that God can use. And that's why Pentecost means so much to me. Because it can make us a people after God's own heart. So we can actually be generous and not just pretend to be. And be kind and be merciful and be truthful with each other. It's like authentic community because of the power of the Spirit. Um, so I'm going to invite Caleb to come up. And we're going to do, uh, you just maybe just play a little bit of music, and then by the, when we're all done, you can, uh, we'll sing a song together. Are you ready for that? Yeah, great. Um, there are candles, and there's three candles over there. And, and what I'm just going to ask you to do, um, Candles or fire on Pentecost is just a representative. And it actually represents where there's fire was in the Old Testament. It represented God's presence. Uh, so it's symbolic, but it's also very powerful. Uh, now, there's three candles here, but as we go up, just light a tea light candle and just take it with you to your seat. And just know, even as you feel the warmth and you see the different lights, know this represents the Spirit of God in each of us as we go out from here. So we've gone back in time, but now we have to go back to the future uh, as we go back to uh, our homes and 
even the rides home and all that stuff, and to just remember that we are a people of the Spirit. Let me, let me pray, uh, and then you can just go to one of those things, light a tea light candle, just uh, hold it, and then we'll sing one more song, and then I'll pray, and we'll close it out, okay? Let me pray one more time. Lord, thank you so much for uh, your word, and Lord, the patience that you have with us and the graciousness, Lord, to help us even understand your story, that, you, that the Spirit waited patiently um, from the time you ascended to the time that he should uh, descend and fill people's hearts and give them power to be their witnesses and be a community as you designed, not by their own strength or power or doing, but by the power of the Spirit in them. And so, Lord, I pray that as we come to that mountain, that you would make us a people um, after you, Lord. That people would know it, that you would add people to our numbers uh, for healing and restoration and forgiveness. That we would be a people that when people uh, come around, uh, all of us, that they would say, man, the Spirit is at work in them, changing them, moving them, uh, and drawing us to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon. Or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word, to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, Thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church.